Praise God. Praise God. Look at your neighbor and say this. Say, the lamb is too large. Turn to somebody else and tell them, the lamb is too large. And you can be seated in Jesus' name. It's one thing for the pagans to be in bondage. But in the Old Testament we find that now Israel was also in bondage. And in Exodus the Bible tells us as we approach this great narrative in chapter 12 that God is ready to deliver his people from the hand of Egypt. Israel is in bondage at the hand of the cruel Egyptians and God in that environment raises up an individual, raises up a man that would lead the people of God to deliverance. Can I tell you tonight that when God is looking to deliver a nation, he doesn't ever need a majority. When God is looking to do a work of deliverance, if he can just find one or maybe even two. And in a youth convention like this, I'm just simple enough to believe that God can probably find one or two here tonight. God can probably find more than one or two across this Atlantic District Youth Convention. God is looking for one that would stand up and would be his voice and would become his mouthpiece. God communicates with his people and he communicates through his man that he is about to visit some very unkind things upon the Egyptians. That the Egyptian land is about to be plagued with pain from above. The Bible lets us know that plague after plague would come to the people of Egypt and to the land of Egypt. Plagues like water turning to blood and and plagues like frogs everywhere. Can you imagine opening your refrigerator in the morning and frogs jumping out all over your feet? Can you imagine waking up itching in the middle of the night and You're covered with lice. That gives you the heebie-jeebies just thinking about it. Some of you are starting wanting to itch right now just thinking about it, but you don't want to itch because you don't want a person next to you to think that you actually got them. It's okay. Everybody can just scratch for a minute. When you talk about it, you just want to itch. Bad enough when you got one fly buzzing around your kitchen you can't kill. Trying to swat it here and there, and man, those pesky little flies are they're evasive, but God sends a plague of flies that infest every home and every room and every space and every square inch of the land. God sends a plague of flies and lice and frogs and pestilences and boils and sores that come on their bodies. And if that wasn't enough, then hail begins to rain down from heaven, hail that smashes crops and hail that kills livestock and hail that smashes through homes, hail. And if that wasn't enough, then a plague of locusts comes behind that and and devours everything that the hail left remaining. And God, plague after plague, he's sending upon the nation of Israel. Egypt, and then finally darkness falls upon the face of the land, and it's pitch black. I don't know if you've ever been in pitch black 
dark before. I mean the kind of dark uh, that, that you can't even see your hand in front of your face. Uh, the, the kind of dark where you can't see anything of where you're going. Darkness fell upon the face of the land. Plague after plague after plague after plague. Can I tell you in the year and in the day that we live in, we are experiencing, I believe, some plagues upon our North American land. We are experiencing uh, some, some wake-up calls, some some things that, that heaven is either sending or at least allowing to try to get the attention of his people that to remind us that we are living in a foreign land. We are living in a strange land. Can I remind somebody on this Saturday night of youth convention that this world is not our home. We are just a passing through. Can I remind you tonight that we ought to look at all the events of the last couple of years of our world and we ought to lift up our head and understand that our redemption draws nigh. This world is not our home. Don't get too comfortable in Egypt. They are experiencing plague after plague after plague and then finally the, the, the crown jewel of all Plagues. The plague to end all plagues is the killing of the firstborn child in every home. And while Israel had to live through the plagues that God placed upon Egypt, Israel had come to the realization and understanding, no doubt, that the plagues were not God punishing his people as much as they were simply a part of his larger purpose and plan for their deliverance. Can I remind you? that we may have to experience some tough times as we march closer to the rapture. But be of good cheer. Lift up your head. Don't be discouraged. Don't listen to every negative news story that you hear. God has not forgotten about his people as we live in Egypt. And God has a plan for our escape. God had a plan for their escape. And in the middle of those plagues, the Bible tells us in the book of Exodus that God would bring good news of the Passover to his people. God brought them good news. Now, when you get good news in a time like this, it's up to you whether you either accept that news or reject that news. When God gives you good, now I don't know about you, but I've met some people that you can tell them the best news possible and they're still going to find something negative to say about it. You can tell them the best testimony possible and they're still going to find some way to pick it apart. Now maybe y'all don't have anybody like that up here in Canada. I give You're farther north, I guess that means you're closer to heaven, so... It's probably an American, uniquely American problem. So let me just preach to some people in the United States that might be watching online for just a moment and, 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 and tell them that there are some people that you can tell them the best possible news and they'll find some way to look at it from a pessimistic angle. But God brings his people the good news of the Passover, the good news of the Lamb. And I've got to tell somebody here tonight that no matter what kind of trouble that you're living in, no matter what kind of mess your family may be in, no matter what kind of trouble your life may be in, I've got to tell you that God always comes with good news. God always comes with a promise, a plan, and a way of escape. In fact, I want to tell somebody here tonight uh, that you may be bound uh, just like the Israelites were bound in Egypt. Uh, and maybe you walked into this youth convention with some very real bondage in your life. Uh, but God came to this, just as sure as you walked into this youth convention, uh, God came to this convention uh, with a plan for your deliverance. Uh, God came into this room tonight uh, with a plan for your escape. 
Hey, we just sang the song about it. If you walked in sick, you're going to leave out well. Now, I wonder, I, I know you had your little juke for Jesus while they were singing that song, but I wonder if anybody can really grab hold of that and believe uh, that there's somebody that walked in bound. There's somebody that walked in bound, but we're going to do more than sing about deliverance before we walk out of this place. Somebody's going to walk out healed. Before we walk out the back door, somebody's going to walk out delivered and set free by the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh, if you believe that, you ought to clap your hands and give God a shout right now. Hallelujah. 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 I've got hope for you tonight uh, that no matter how big your mess is, uh, God can always bring good news in the middle of your mess. So Israel is in bondage. You can be seated. Israel was in bondage and in the process of time they cried out to God and the Bible says that God heard their cry in bondage and God spoke to them while they were in Egypt. Oh my, I think. God, that even when you're bound in Egypt, uh, the word of the Lord is not hindered or prevented from finding you in Egypt, wherever you may be locked up and whatever you may be bound by. They're bound by the most formidable force in all the known world at the time, but God's word is not bound by the bondages of this world, but God's word can reach into the deepest recesses of your trouble and your bondage tonight, and God's word can speak a word of deliverance even in the middle of your Egypt. And God speaks to Moses, and he tells him in Exodus chapter 12, our text in verse one, he says, the Lord spoke to Moses and to Aaron in the land of Egypt saying, this month, everybody say this month, shall be the beginning of months. It shall be the first month. Everybody say the first month. It shall be the first month of the year. Mm. Let me just pause right there. It shall be the first month of the year. Look at your neighbor say, it might be January 1st for you tonight. Come on, turn to somebody else. Say, this might be your new year. My, 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 I feel that word for somebody in this room right now. You came in here stuck somewhere in the middle. May is stuck somewhere in the middle, the fifth month of the year. But I'm declaring to somebody spiritually tonight, this may be your first day of a new year. I've come to declare to somebody in the spirit tonight uh, that this night may be your first night uh, of a new beginning. Uh, this day may be your first day uh, of real liberty and freedom uh, in the Holy Ghost this day. Woo. It can be tonight. It can be tonight. He said, speak to the congregation of Israel saying, on the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself, everybody say, a lamb. Everybody say, a lamb. According to the house of his father, everybody say, a lamb. For his household. And, and, and God tells them that you're going to take this lamb for your house. And verse number four says, if the household is too small for the lamb. Everybody say, the lamb. Let him take he and his neighbor to the next house according to the number of persons and according to each man's need. And you shall make account for the lamb and your lamb. Everybody say your lamb shall be without blemish. And God tells his people, here is your plan. Here is the plan. Every household is going to take this lamb. Every household is going to have an experience with 
the Lamb. Every household, every church, and every youth group is going to have an opportunity with the Lamb that is going to provide deliverance for all of the people. Now, I want you to notice something with me in this text. There's an interesting progression to me that kind of leapt off the pages at me a little earlier as I was studying this passage. And and as I look at the story of this lamb, this lamb is to be their deliverance. This lamb is to be what makes them distinct from all of the other households in Egypt. This lamb is what is to be the thing that separates them from everybody else that is experiencing the plague and the death angel. They take this lamb and God tells them you're going to spend some time with this lamb and then you're going to kill this lamb. You're going you're gonna to be in a relationship with this lamb and then you're going to slay this lamb and this lamb is going to provide deliverance for you. Can we just walk a little bit through this passage for the next few minutes? The Bible says, I want you to take a lamb. Look at verse 3 again. The Bible lets us know that they were commanded to take every one of them for their house. Everybody say, a lamb. Keep that scripture up there on the screen, if you will. God says, I want you to take a lamb. It appears that at this particular point in the passage, if you'll just imagine with me for a moment that this lamb could have been just about any old lamb. It's just, everybody say, a lamb. They, they take this lamb and I, I see this progression of the lamb in these three verses. The Bible tells them to take, everybody say, a lamb. God says take a lamb and can I tell you what my mind begin to think about is that when you first come to God. When you first got in the youth group, when you first started experiencing the things of God, when you first started getting around his presence and maybe you even grew up in church, but when you first got your first touch of the Holy Ghost, God began to do something in your life where you were personally introduced to a lamb. Everybody say a lamb. When you first come to church, this lamb is just a lamb. It's just a, a church. It's just a story. It's just another lamb. It's just another religion. It's just a, another story. But then when you get around here for very long, uh, verse 4, the Bible says uh, that God said, I want you to take the lamb. Everybody say the lamb. Oh, walk with me now. When you get around this lamb for very long, it ceases to be just a lamb, and you recognize pretty quick that he is the lamb. I'm preaching to somebody here tonight uh, that when you get around this lamb for very long, the Bible says uh, that they were to take this lamb into their household for four days. Uh, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Now, I know we've got some animal lovers here tonight, and, and for that I apologize. I don't apologize for the story. I just apologize that you're going to find this offensive perhaps. But they take this sweet little Baba lamb. Ba and they got this sweet little fluffy white lamb in their house for four days. Four days they're petting the lamb. And four days they're feeding the lamb. And they probably even gave the lamb a little name. I don't know. What's a good name for a lamb? Somebody give me a snowball. <laughs> That's a good lamb name. They give snowball some food in the morning. They give Snowball some food in the afternoon. And they give Snowball some food in the evening. Man, they're just cuddling up with Snowball. And I can imagine the kids, Mommy, it's my turn to hold Snowball. No, it's you already held Snowball. It's my turn to hold Snowball. You spend some time with this lamb and you start to realize that it's not just a lamb. It's the lamb. It's not just a story. It's the story. It's not just a way. It is the way. 
Come on, young people. This is not just a religion. He is the way, the truth, and the life. I'm not just preaching to you a gospel. I am preaching to you the gospel. I'm not just declaring to you a path. I'm declaring to you the path. I'm not just declaring to you an option. I'm declaring to you the only way of salvation. I'm not just preaching tonight about a God, one of many, but I'm declaring to you tonight that he is the God. He is the centerpiece of all humanity. He is the centerpiece of all of time and space. He is the way, the truth, the life. Come on, it didn't take some of you very long to get around this church and you start realizing it's not just a way, but there is something about this place. There is something about this God. There is something about this power. It's not just a move. It's the move of the Spirit. They realize this progression of the lamb. It's no longer a lamb, but now it's the lamb. It's, it's, it's the lamb in four days. They're loving on snowball. Four days, everything's good. And then the Bible lets us know that in verse number five, when it gives them the instruction of what to do next, it goes from being a lamb to being the lamb. To be in your lamb. Look at your neighbor and say, he's yours. Because after the Passover, it's not just going to be the recognition that this is the way. But after the Passover, when you get the blood on your doorpost, after the Passover, when you get the blood on your life, after the Passover, when he's forgiven you of your sins, after the Passover, when those sins have been put under the blood and you've been buried in baptism, after the Passover, when you get his blood, after the Passover, when you get his blood on your life, it's not just the way, the church, the gospel, the way, the truth, and the life, but all of a sudden something happens in you. Does anybody remember the day that he saved you? Does anybody remember the day that he forgave you? Does anybody remember the day that he healed you? Does anybody remember the day that he filled you with the gift of the Holy Ghost? Something happens and he becomes my lamb. He's not just Brother Woodward's lamb. He's not just Brother Brewer's lamb. He's my lamb. He belongs to me. His blood is on my life. I wish somebody clap your hands and thank him that he's your lamb. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The progression of the lamb would lead to their salvation. The progression of the lamb would lead to their deliverance. The progression of the lamb would lead to their getting out of Egypt. The Bible says, and as they recognize this as their lamb, you see some interesting truths about this lamb. This lamb we find in this narrative, that this lamb is too large. This lamb is too big. This lamb is too great. This lamb is too large first to keep at a distance. God said, I want you to bring this lamb near to you. I want you to get to know Snowball just a little bit. If you're going to escape the death angel that's going to march through the Atlantic district, if you're going to ward off the plagues that are coming to this world in the last days, I'm going to give you a plan that involves a lamb. And that lamb is going to shed some blood. 
And that lamb is going to be someone that you've got to get to know. And that lamb is going to be something that you've got to become intimately uh, familiar with. Uh, because the only thing that's going to separate Israel and Egypt uh, when the death angel comes through uh, is the same thing, the only thing uh, that separates us from the world that we live in today. Uh, and that's the blood of the lamb. Uh, and you can't get that blood applied uh, at a distance. Uh, this lamb is too large uh, to keep at a distance. Uh, and so you got to be willing to get up close and personal uh, with this lamb. Uh, I'm preaching to somebody here tonight. Uh, the lamb is too large uh, for it just to be your mama's lamb. Uh, the lamb is too large uh, for it just to be your daddy's lamb. Uh, the lamb is too large uh, for it just to be your pastor's lamb. You can't keep this lamb at a distance because it being applied to your pastor's life isn't good enough and your youth pastor's life isn't good enough but you got to get this lamb up close and personal in your life. This lamb is too large to keep at a distance. Can I tell you as well that this lamb is too large to be compared to any other lamb that had ever been slain before. This wouldn't be the only lamb to ever be slain in the history of Israel. But the Bible would let us know that out of the hundreds and maybe thousands of lambs that would be slain just that Passover night, though there were multiple lambs that were slain, the Bible never refers to the lamb in the plural form. The Bible never makes reference that there are hundreds or thousands of lambs, even though they were. Why? Because the entire point of the Passover story was not about the lambs that were being slain that night, but the entire point of the Passover story uh, was to point forward a couple years into the future uh, about the one lamb that would be slain, uh, the one lamb uh, that blood would be shed. Uh, that's why Hebrews says neither would the blood uh, of bulls and goats uh, and calves. Uh, none of those would work. Uh, but by his own blood, uh, he entered once into the holy place, uh, having obtained eternal redemption uh, for us. Uh, those stories of the Lamb in Exodus chapter 12 was pointing ahead to the one day that the Lamb without blemish would be slain. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 that without the shedding of blood there would be no remission of sins. And so we would read throughout the history of God's people that after centuries of animal sacrifices that the day would come that there would be a crimson stream of blood that started all the way back in the garden when the animal skins were ripped off of those sinless animals to cover the nakedness of Adam and Eve. That and stream that started to flow all the way back in the garden uh, flowed all the way to Exodus can I preach a little doctrine to you here tonight uh, flowed all the way to Exodus chapter 12 uh, when there was lambs that were slain all across the land of Egypt uh, and that crimson stream of blood uh, flowed all the way to the New Testament uh, to a hill called Calvary uh, where your lamb uh, and my lamb uh, would stretch his arms wide uh, and would pay the price uh, for your sins and Oh, somebody hear this preacher tonight. Uh, but it didn't stop there. Uh, the blood still flows tonight. Uh, the blood's still available tonight. Uh, when Jesus came, uh, he was the master sacrifice uh, once and for all for our sins. I'm preaching to somebody here tonight that because he shed his blood you don't have to. I'm preaching to somebody here tonight to tell you what the what John said. Behold when he saw Jesus, behold the lamb. Behold the lamb. Behold the lamb which takes away the sins of the world. Why Paul would write to the church at Corinth and he said even Christ is our Passover lamb. Christ is our Passover. He was sacrificed for us. Why? Because this lamb is too large to keep at a distance. I'm preaching to somebody here tonight that we learn from this story in Exodus chapter 12 that the lamb, everybody say the lamb. Slap your neighbor gently on the shoulder. Say the lamb is too large. I heard some of those slaps up here that wasn't gently. 
Some of you have been waiting to do that all day since he kept you awake with his snoring last night. The lamb is too large. The lamb is too large to keep at a distance. But can I tell you another truth that I learned in this story? Are you ready for this? The lamb was too large to let any of it go to waste. The Bible says that they were told in verse 9 of Exodus 12, don't eat it raw nor boiled with water, but roasted with fire. Everybody say roasted lamb. Everybody say roasted snowball. want to make it real with you with its head and its and its legs and that next word if you got a king james like me it means the entrails or the guts Did you know snowball had guts and verse 10 says and you shall let nothing remain or none of it Remain. Woo. I got to preach to somebody here tonight that this lamb is too large to let any go to waste. You can't leave any of this lamb on the table. Can I remind this generation of young people that when you pull up to eat with this lamb, you're not pulling up to a buffet where you can take what you want and leave what you don't. Now, now, if I asked, if I asked all the meat eaters here tonight, what part of the chicken do you like to eat the best? On the count of three, tell me what it is. One, two, three. I heard everything from legs, thighs, breasts, chicken wings. Somebody, some weirdo over there said neck. We probably got a few gizzard people in the house. Hey, the beauty of going to Swiss Chalet. You still have that up here, Swiss Chalet? Is that still a thing? Man, I loved me some Swiss Chalet back in the day. That rhymed, didn't it? Uh, I used to love some Swiss Chalet. You'd go, go, you can pick what you want. You can choose what piece of chicken you want to eat. But let me tell you, when it comes to this gospel, this gospel is not your menu or buffet where you decide what, Come on, pastor. I don't want you just to preach to me the parts that I want to hear. I don't just want you to tell me the stuff that tickles my ears. I don't just want you to share the pieces and parts of the lamb that makes me happy on Sunday morning. But this lamb is a full course meal. This lamb is too large to let any go to waste. You can't leave any on the table. You can't leave anything out. This lamb is too I'm telling you, this lamb is too large uh, to just take a piece here uh, and leave a piece there. But I wonder if there's any young people of the Atlantic District uh, that say, give me the lamb. Uh, I want the whole thing. Uh, I want every part of the lamb. Uh, I want every piece of the story. Uh, I want every part of the word. Come on, every truth in this word belongs to me. Every promise in this word can be somehow applied to my life. I want this lamb, and I want the whole lamb. I don't just want to... Come on, that's what the charismatic world is doing. That's what the larger Christian world is doing. They're ripping this lamb apart. They're saying, well, that's for us, but that's not. That stuff in Jonah that you preached about today, Brother Braden Brewer, that stuff in Jonah, that's probably not for us. That's Old Testament prophets, man. That's minor prophets. What in the world can you learn from the minor prophets? I mean, that's probably not. I took our church through a 12-week series on the minor prophets last summer. You can learn a lot from the minor prophets. Hear me. There's, there's a whole lot in here that the church world is saying you don't need. But I've come to remind somebody on this Saturday night that the lamb is too large to let any go to waste. The lamb is the church across town may leave some on the table, but God says if you're going to be my people, you got to consume the lamb and leave nothing remain. Eat the lamb. Consume 
the Lamb. Come on, if you're hungry for truth, you ought to clap your hands and you ought to lift your voice to the Lord. Come on, if you're hungry for truth, I thank God for some truth-loving young people. I thank God for some young people that understand that hero Israel, the Lord our God, is one Lord. I'm not going to separate myself from doctrine. I'm not going to separate myself from truth. I'm not going to negotiate any part of the Lamb. I thank God for some young people that still believe in the new birth experience. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. I thank God for some young people that say I'm not leaving any lamb on the table. You must be born again of the water and of the spirit or you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. I thank God for some young people that aren't looking at the part of the lamb that has to do with holy righteous living and saying we're going to leave that because that's real uncomfortable. Come on, I like being a nice deep fried chicken wing. But when you start talking about holiness, that's gizzard material. That's neck material, man. I don't want that part of snowball. Hear me. I thank God for some young people in the Atlantic District that say, give me the lamb. I'll take it all. I'll take it all from the oneness of God and new birth all the way to holiness and righteous living. Give me the lamb. The lamb is too large to let any go to waste. If you believe that, clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> Come on, God's about to move in this place. God's about to erupt in this place. ha. <laughs> Come on, somebody just entertain his presence for a minute. The lamb is too large. 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 The lamb is too good for us to just move through youth convention like it's just another meeting. The lamb is too large for us to just get through this Saturday night so we can get to Sunday morning. The lamb is too large. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want you to stay right in that mind of response and prayer because I'm winding to a close right now. But I want to tell you, I want to tell you finally here tonight, the whole point of this passage that leapt off the page to me is what we find in verse number four. And the Bible says that God spoke to his people that if the household be too little for the lamb that the household is too little for the lamb and I want you to take some of that lamb and I want you to go to your neighbor I want you to look at the next house according to the number of persons or the King James says the number of souls everybody say souls every Man shall make account for the lamb according to his need. Everybody say, my need. It was one of the provisions of the Passover law that if the lamb was too large to be contained in your house, if the lamb was too large to be contained in one house, that God said, I want you to take some of that lamb and I want you to get out of your house and I want you to go to the next house because the lamb is probably gonna be a little too large for just your house. And so I want you to go to the next one and I want you to share a little lamb with somebody that may need it. I want you to share a little bit of... 
then I preach to this great Atlantic District Youth Convention uh, and tell you uh, that God's sacrifice uh, was not just for the Pentecostals. Uh, the shed blood of Jesus Christ uh, was not just for the tongue talkers uh, in this room uh, that registered for convention, uh, but his sacrifice uh, was so much, so great, so large, so real and so rich that it's the duty of everyone that's partaken of the lamb to take a little bit of that lamb out of your house and get to the next household. It's the duty of every single one that has partaken of that lamb to take a little piece and break it off for the person next to you and take it to the town next door and take it to the neighborhood down the street and take it to your friend across the hall. The house is too little for the lamb and the lamb is too large to keep to yourself. I'm preaching to somebody here tonight to tell you what I think you already know, what I'm confident you already know, but God sent me here just to serve a reminder that your house is too little for the lamb, that the lamb is too large to be contained in the four walls of this convention. Can I get in your business a little bit? The lamb is too large to be contained in the four walls of your church. The lamb is too large to be contained in the four walls of your youth group. The lamb is too large to be contained in your own mind and your own heart and your own experience. But God is trying to awaken a generation of young people to recognize that once you see how great the lamb is, that it's your job to take a piece of the lamb to somebody else that it's your obligation to take a piece of the lamb and share it with somebody that needs it come on somebody lift up your voice to the Lord right now all across this room I feel the Holy Ghost in this place yes 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 I feel the burden of the Lord in this place. I feel the burden of the Lord in this place. The lamb is too large to keep it to yourself. The lamb is too large to just shout at youth convention and go home and not tell anybody. The lamb is too large to just come to this altar four services in a row and shed your tears and go home renewed but not tell anybody. The lamb is too large to just go through another move the mission offering and not really engage for yourself. The lamb is too large for you to let your pastor do all the evangelism or your ministry team do all the evangelism the lamb is too large for you to just wait until you're a little bit older the lamb is too large until you wait until you know exactly what God wants you to do the lamb is too large to keep it to yourself if your house be too little the lamb. I don't care how many, how big your house is or how little your house is. Your house is too little for the lamb. I don't care how big or how little your church is. Your house is too little for the lamb. I don't care how many vacant seats you have on Sunday. The lamb is too large for that house. Got to lift up our eyes. Thank you, Brother Braden Brewer, for preaching a message of vision and burden to us today. Thank you, Brother Braden Brewer, for leading us in a call that we've got to do something that God wants to use this generation of young people right here and right now. We have no right to claim the Lamb's blood for our own if we keep it to ourselves. We have no right. The provision was not just that they partake, but the provision was that 
that they partake first and then they share it next and I'm preaching to a room full of people from the floor to the balcony that you have tasted and seen that the Lord he is good you got the first part of the command down but now it's time to recognize that the lamb is too large to keep it to ourselves we've got to get in out we got too much lamb in our churches keeping it to ourselves I'm closing 812,000 people in New Brunswick 531,000 people in Newfoundland 173,000 people in Prince Edward Island messed me up when I started reading this they said even where I live 1.5 million souls in the Atlantic district can I respectfully tell you young people that the lamb is too large for our 74 churches. Can I preach to a generation and tell you in an echo of what our youth president said today that the lamb is too large. You can't wait for your pastor to do it. Your pastor's hands are already full. Your pastor's already working probably too long of hours. Your pastor's already sacrificing enough. So how can we get the lamb out? I'll tell you, I'm looking at how. I'm preaching to how. It's by the young people in this room tonight. It's by the young people at youth convention uh, the lamb is too large uh, but if we're going to get it out uh, it's not going to be because your pastor increases his workload uh, it's going to be because some young people take ownership of the lamb uh, it's going to be because some young people say the lamb is too large uh, for me to let my pastor be the only one that serves it uh, the lamb is too large I've got to get it out I've got to get it to someone else my my somebody lift up your voice to the Lord right now Yes, 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 yes. Come on, let it flow right now. According to the Strategic Growth Initiative of the United Pentecostal Church Survey, of senior pastors that was completed in October of 2022. The average size of a UPCI church in North America is 60 people. If that holds true in the Atlantic District. Now you may be a little better. We've already established you're closer to heaven. So. That means that on any given weekend, there's probably about 4,400 constituents hearing apostolic preaching in our churches on a given weekend. I don't even know what that percentage is. 4,400 of 1.5 million. My God. That's crushing to think about. It's mind-numbing to consider. The lamb is too large. Can you imagine what could happen in our district? Can you imagine what could happen in our Atlantic district in the next year? If This is a great crowd tonight. Can you imagine what would happen if just 500 young people, if just 500 of you would decide I'm going to teach two Bible studies in the next year. In the next 12 months, you say, man, Brother Braden, Brewer preached about starting churches and getting a call and, 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 and submitting to our pastor and, and, 
and letting that call grow and, and planting churches and, and that's all great. Where do we start? I'll tell you where we start. If you realize the lamb is too large for yourself, your youth group, your house, your church, what could happen if just 500 of you tonight would make up in your mind, I'm going to start small. I'm going to teach two Bible studies in the next calendar year. Just two Bible studies. If 500 of you would teach just two Bible studies in the next calendar year and add two disciples to the kingdom, that would be 1,000 additions by this time next year. Do you know what that would mean? That would mean that just from this Atlantic Youth Convention, that this district would see a 23% rate of growth in just one single year. If a bunch of young people would say the Lamb is too large you just live from convention to convention to convention do you realize how that would radically transform this district if just a few hundred young people would say I'm going to realize the lamb is too large and I'm going to do something about it the lamb is too large to keep to myself the lamb is too large to keep I thank God that you're hungry for his presence I thank God that's one of the things I've always loved about the Atlantic district is you've got people and churches and, and young people that are so hungry for the presence of God you love worshiping God you love praying you love responding to the word and I love that about you but I wonder if somebody can allow God to open their eyes tonight that you don't have to keep the lamb to yourself that you can get blessed at youth convention but there's enough lamb to go around you can get blessed at youth convention on Saturday night but there's enough lamb to take back to your neighbors you can get full of the Holy Ghost but there's enough lamb to take back to your church there's enough lamb to go around. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. The lamb is too large. And so tonight, God is calling us. God is calling to us to a place of sobering commitment. God is calling us to a place of recognition. I thank God for the shout and the dance. I thank God for the band. I thank God for everything we got going on at convention. And we're going to have a great day tomorrow. But you know what I've come to preach to tonight? I've come to preach to the you of next week. I've come to preach to the you of next month. I, I, I know we get in these meetings sometimes. and <laughs> We get in these meetings at convention and, it's, and, and, and we're just kind of in a bubble. We're just surrounded by people filled with the whole Holy Ghost in the presence of God and it's kind of just isolated to this unique event that just happens once a year but I'm not preaching to the youth convention you right now I'm preaching to the next week you I'm preaching to the next Monday you I'm preaching to the next Sunday you when you walk in the doors of your church and there's no more people in there than there was last week I'm preaching to that version of you and I'm telling you you've got to know when you leave this place that the Lamb is too large and the task is yours and the task is mine to share the lamb all across this room lift your hands and your voice to the Lord come on all across this room lift your hands and your voice to the Lord I wish somebody would just begin to pray and seek God right where you stand right where you're at somebody just begin to pray and seek God Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo! Yes, 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 yes. Oh God, let a spirit of consecration sweep over this place right now. Oh God, let a spirit of commitment sweep over this place right now. Oh God, let a spirit of sacrifice sweep into this room right now. See, if you're going to share the lamb, you're going to have to reorganize your time. If you're going to share the lamb, you've got to reorganize your priorities. If you're going to share the lamb, you've got to reorder your weekly calendar. If you're going to share the lamb, you're going to have to reorder your monthly finances. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. The lamb is too large to keep it to yourself 
God is calling this generation of the Atlantic District youth to a place of record-breaking commitment. I'm not just preaching about a move the mission offering. In fact, uh, I had no idea until this morning. I knew this was the move the mission service, uh, but I had no idea until this morning uh, that I was going to have anything to do with the move the mission offering at the end of this service. Uh, but I'm telling you what I felt to tell you already uh, was that God wants this to be a record-breaking year for souls in this district. Uh, but it's not going to be because more time is added to your pastor's schedule. It's going to be because some young people rise up and say it's my turn, it's my time, it's my obligation to share the lamb so the Bible tells us this incredible story of sacrifice as I bring this service to a close the Bible tells us this incredible story of the shepherd boy king named David David had made a mistake. David should have been killed. David should have been executed. This man, after God's own heart, had stumbled and fell. He had made a mistake, and God was about to judge him. He counted the people, and even Joab tried to talk him out of it and said, what are you doing this? You're going to bring punishment on Israel. What David's problem was is, is David had went from being a shepherd boy where he had to rely on God to now being a king where he had some resources and he had some armies and he had some people and he had some money and now he needed God just not as much and I'm preaching to a generation right now that we are filled with so many conveniences in life and we have so many blessings in our life that I fear in the North American church and the North American youth group we need God but just maybe not as much as a previous generation did and so David starts numbering the people. He starts counting his resources. He starts looking at his money and his retirement. And, and, and young people, he starts looking at how many friends he's got on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. And he starts looking at how much he's done and how good he is, how popular he is. And God's angry and God's about to judge him. And there's this dramatic shift in David's spirit where he remembers where God brought him from. And when God is sending a plague upon David, and the people, David cries out to God. And he says in First Chronicles, he says, oh God, I come to you. Here's the king. And he says, I come to you as the shepherd. God, I'm not looking at everything I have anymore, but God, I'm recognizing that I'm, I'm in desperate need of you. And as he comes to the Lord as a shepherd, he decides to make a sacrifice in this particular threshing floor. And when the king comes into Ornan's threshing floor, the Bible tells us that the owner of the threshing floor, this man, he offers to give the king the property, the land, the threshing floor. He says, I'll let you have it. And this incredible statement that we've used so many times in our churches. David says, I will not take what is yours for the Lord because I cannot, nor, nor burnt offering, nor that which costs me nothing. He says, I cannot piggyback on your sacrifice. What does this have to do with us, Pastor Levine? I'm telling you that we have a generation that has the greatest opportunity to share the gospel that the world has ever witnessed. We have a generation that has the greatest amount of resources accessible to us that the church has ever seen. But my fear is in this generation that we have gotten so comfortable with our conveniences and we have gotten so comfortable with our luxuries that we are operating on the sacrifice of others. We are living off the sacrifice of our elders and we are living off the sacrifice of our parents and we're living off the sacrifice of our pastors and we're living off the sacrifice of our churches. And can I just be real and raw with you tonight as we celebrate a two hundred plus thousand dollar offering uh, and you celebrated that tonight uh, there are some in this room that you could have been a significant part of that offering uh, but you celebrated the sacrifice of somebody else uh, because you chose not to be a significant part of that offering 
telling you, God is calling this generation with a sobering call tonight that this is our day and this is our turn and this is our time. And so I'm wondering if there's a young person that's ready to hear that call. If there's a young person in this room that is ready to recognize that the lamb is too large to keep it to ourselves. I wonder if you would forget about who's around you. I'm not asking you to come to this front just yet. But I want you to stand to your feet and I want you to lift your hands to heaven. In fact, I want you to take this move the mission card that you've got in your seat and I want you to lift it in your hands to heaven. Every young person, every elder, every parent, every leader, anybody in this room that wants to get in on what God is about to do, I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to lift your hands to heaven. Raising this move the mission card which is representative of what God wants to do in this district. He wants the mission. He wants the lamb. He wants the gospel. He wants the message to be spread from every corner of this district. He wants it to be spread from this district around the world. I wonder if you'd lift both your hands to heaven and just begin to talk to him right now. And I want you to pray a very very certain prayer. I want you to pray, God, let a spirit of sacrifice and let a spirit of consecration come upon me. God, let me recognize that I've got some lamb that I can can share. Let me recognize that I've got some sacrifice that I can give. Let me recognize that I've got a work that I can do. Come on, hands lifted all across this room. Hands lifted all across this room. Cards raised all across this room. Somebody just begin to talk to Jesus right now. Come on, I wish somebody just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost all the way in the balcony. I wish somebody just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. I wish some young person that's hungry to see revival in your school would begin to pray in the Holy Ghost right where you're at. I wish some pastor, youth pastor, or leader, or parent that's hungry to see these young people used of God would just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost right where you're at. Come on in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray right now that from the front to the back, God, from the balcony to the floor, that a spirit of sacrifice would sweep in this room. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, that's it, young people. Before we even come out of our seats, uh, we're going to come to this altar in just a minute. Uh, but I wish you'd begin your breakthrough right where you're standing. Let the Lord begin to speak to you right now. Come on, that's it. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Just talk to God right now all by yourself. Uh, forget about anybody else around you. Forget about what they're doing up here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Holy Ghost. Hear me. God is calling us to a greater day. And I, I'm gonna, I hope this is okay. I'm going to call you on that to not just fill out this card with the Move the Mission Pledge tonight. But here's what I want you to do. And I don't know, Brother Brewer, are they supposed to turn some of this in or tear this in half and turn part of it in or part that you're supposed to turn in. I believe it's, is it that part right there? The gray side that you're supposed to turn in. Here's what I want you to do. I don't just want you to write your name and a dollar amount on each side. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to write two names of people that you're going to let God send you after in the next calendar year. I want you to write the names of two people on here that you're going to let God send you after. Write the names on the card that you keep too. I want you to write two names. It can just be first names of somebody that God's going to send you after in the next calendar year. Now before you get to writing, one more time, would you bow your heads and would you lift up your voice and would you pray with me? God, I pray that you would speak to every single person in this room, God, young and old alike. God, there's a spirit of consecration here tonight. And God, there's a spirit of sacrifice in this room room and God I'm praying right now that more than a, a pledge dollar amount that will God literally move the gospel around this district and around the world God I am praying that there would be souls that would come out of this meeting tonight I'm praying that there is a commitment of souls God and revival and harvest that would come out of this meeting tonight in Jesus name
Jesus' name. And my challenge to you is that whatever you did for Move the Mission last year, you can surely exceed that at least by a dollar this year. Whatever you gave to move the mission or whatever you pledged last year, I challenge you to exceed that by at least a dollar this year. And if you're ready to make that commitment without any pomp and without any praise team, we're getting ready to pray in just a minute around this altar and the power of God is going to be loosed in this place. But if you're ready to make that commitment, I'm not asking you to come as a youth group. I'm asking individuals to start walking out of the balcony, walking out of this floor, and walking down to this front right now with your card in your hand. There is pins on this altar. You can fill your card out when you come forward, and you can place your card in this bucket. I understand they just told me that some of you may have brought a seed offering to start the Move the Mission campaign. You may have brought a seed offering tonight. I think it was $10 that they pushed for. You can bring that seed offering with you, but right now, would you begin to step out of where you're at and would you begin to walk with your car down to the front of this room? I want everybody to get as close as you can to this front. In fact, as some of you come to this bucket, you're going to take just two or three steps back. Don't go back to your seats, uh, but just take two or three steps back from this bucket. And as you put your card and as you write your names, as you put your card and as you write your names and put your offering in this bucket, I want you to step back just about three feet. And as you step back, I want you just to bow your head and I want you to begin to lift your voice to the Lord. Come on, let him touch you right now. The Lord is moving so real in this place. My, 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 my. Come on, that's it. Every single young person should get in on this. Every single young person should get in on this. Come on. That's it. From the balcony too. From the balcony too. Parents, leaders, lead the way. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. This is beautiful. Look at this. Now don't go back to your seat. Just take a step back. <laughs> 